because he's one of us. And I love the idea of utilizing our gifts within the church. And this guy who's uh, has just been, and his wife, his whole family, have been such a blessing to this church. And we need to tell you, Serena and Dave, you are a gift to us. Not just you two, but your kids. Um, so you are a gift, and we thank you for being part of that. But also, Dave, is, is a guy that I know um, has got a real heart for the Lord, and he's going to be a great um, advocate as he travels around the world, the country, um, on a push bike. Um, and he'll be speaking in other places. So I said, well, why don't we have him speak here? So I've asked him to come and give our message today um, as we look at the shifting the goalposts. So Dave, come up here. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm just going to let you rip, and uh, you can just do what you need to do. So let me pray for you. Father God, I want to say thank you for, for this man and for his family and for the gift he is to us and Serena and the kids. And Father, as I know that you have given him a word um, and you've given him insight, I ask that as he speaks today, we would hear your voice. Thank you for him. Thank you for his gifts. Thank you for his heart. In Jesus' name. Steve alluded to, uh, in about in about seven weeks, I get the privilege of jumping on a push bike to go across Australia um, with a bunch of other other people as well. And it's interesting, I suppose, this life-transformed um, um, sort of topic, uh, yeah, I suppose, that we've been talking about this year has really has really impacted me. Um, I, for those of you that were here week one of this year, right, I gave my testimony. And... <laughs> And I actually looked through, um, I suppose, my life and I suppose what actually sort of God is actually speaking to me about from the view of a push bike seat, which, uh, which a few people might go, what the heck is that all about? But it's amazing. I've driven, I've driven many, many hundreds of thousands of kilometres. Um, I'm from Esperance. And, sort of, and I suppose when you're driving at 110 k's an hour, or you know, a little bit faster when I was a kid, um, but it's bad. Don't do it. Um, you know, unfortunately, I'm still here to tell the story. Um, and and um, and so, unlike Mike Reed, who sits on about 30 to 32 k's, I, I like to sit on about 25 k's an hour on my push bike. And it's amazing what you can actually see when you when you slow down. Do you know that? It's amazing what you can actually see when you slow down. And I suppose that's been a big change in my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I suppose so. The first question I'd like to ask this morning is: Does anyone like change? Put your hand up if you like change. There's a few people. There's a few people. I reckon most of the ladies in particular like change because I know my wife likes to change a lot, especially before she comes to church. Oh, does this look good? Does this look good? So I'm, I'm going to cop that one. Um, which, is, which is another change. Hey, I've got the microphone, Kath, okay? So, but, but there's, there's change. Is all change good? No. No, absolutely. Change all is not always good. Sometimes there's some things that happen in life that's not so good. Yeah? I'm sure you can all appreciate that. But what we're going to speak about this morning, and I suppose what the verse, and I suppose where we're actually speaking to about for this series, is Philippians 3. And it's, and it's from the Apostle Paul. Now, he had a fairly big and radical change. Everyone knows what that was? Yeah, exactly right. He was, he was walking along or riding along, or he was moving on a direction, and he got shunted. He got really shunted back, this big, bright light. And for those that know the story, he was in a, in a bit of a bad place for a few days. He didn't know. That was a big change in his life. So 
I'd like to turn to, and if we can have those, have a good verse up. So I've called it, it's more than a tree change, okay? It's way more than a tree change. So let's read, let's read Philippians 3, 7 to 14. And, and this is from the New International Version. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, which I find really hard because faith is pretty hard sometimes, isn't it? Especially through those dark times. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this as I as am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ. Yeah, I suppose that's pretty heavy, right, on a Sunday morning? But it's just amazing if you if you really look. And I've and as again, I shared with our home group on um, uh, on Wednesday night this week. I've been doing a lot of training, obviously, in um, in I suppose preparation. And I really I was listening to I was on the cycleway, wasn't on the roads. I was listening to oh, oh, I was listening to a whole bunch of songs and a whole bunch of everything. And these words just kept on going over and over in my mind. And before I knew it. I was about five or seven k's further than what I actually felt I should do before I had to turn around and be back for dinner that night, which we had we had friends coming over, so that's another that's a whole other story. But yet I suppose this thing I I just feel his heart that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and share in his sufferings. That that's just some some awesome some awesome stuff. We we spoke early before in that passage. Um yet as far as sort of all these things he has counted as righteousness and verses four and five and six he talks about those though i myself have reasons for such confidence if if someone else thinks that they have a reason to put confidence in the flesh i have more circumcised on the eight on the eighth day of the people of israel of the tribe of benjamin of a hebrew of hebrews in regard to the law of pharisee as for zeal persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law. This guy had everything. He was a lawyer. He knew everything. He had he had a birthright. He had all these other things. So if you put it back in that context, he had everything. There wasn't much that he sought for. But he now came he now counts them as rubbish and loss. So the first point I want to make is I need to change my value system. Okay, in verses seven to nine, whatever I had gained, I counted for loss. And I suppose one of those things, I know myself, I was brought up in Esperance. And back then, Esperance was a really small town. Okay? There's probably about 1,500 people if we were lucky. And my family's been down there since 1967. Yes, yeah, since 67, just before I was born. Um, and 
and I suppose so our family name has been down there for nearly 50 years or has been down there for 50 years and there's a number of times as a kid I got a lot of things because I was a Francis everyone knew me I had all those things I had all those things so I actually played on them and I think my brothers and my sister did too you know maybe even even to this day every now and then but what what Paul's saying here he had that birthright he had everything he needed he didn't have he didn't want for everything in our in our way of looking our value system he didn't he didn't want for anything else and um and so like it um yeah so in one of the commentaries i've, I've written one of the commentators wrote this way and once he had realized that those good things he had cherished and strived for were not gains at all they were losses they had bankrupted him they were evil things bent on destroying him because they made him self-reliant, self-satisfied and content to offer to God for his own goodness. They acted as an opiate which dulled his awareness of his need for the real righteousness that God requires. That's pretty powerful stuff. That's not saying this stuff's bad. It's not saying my job is, not, is bad. That's not saying my status in the community and friends and that stuff. It's not saying it's bad. He said if you rely on that, if you focus on that, if that becomes your value system, then it is bad. Because why? We're meant to rely on God. So I'd ask the question, yeah, I'd ask the question, where do you get your value from? Is it from your job? Is it from your house? Is it from your family name? Is it from a car? Your bank balance? Or any other number of things? Is it any of these other things? I would say we need to look to Jesus in that or is it knowing God? Is that where you get your true value? I was, I was very fortunate. My favourite movie is The Sound of Music, so I love musicals. I just want to put that out there. And I'm not going to talk about The Sound of Music. Unfortunately, Grant's not here, otherwise we might start a bit of a duet like we did last time. Um, but we watched, we watched The Greatest Showman earlier on this year. And that really impacted my life. And, um, and so I love music, as you all know. I love to sing and that sort of stuff, especially being a stutterer. So it sort of, it really impacted my life. But there was one that I get choked up at as a dad. And I want to play this clip for you now. For those people who don't know it, and spoiler alert, if you haven't watched The Greatest Showman, I'll try not to take all the, the whole movie out. This clip goes for about two and a half minutes. But he, yeah, I suppose the main character, P.J. Barnum, I think his name is, and it's played by, and it's played by Hugh Jackman. He, he had a focus as a kid. And it all started out really good. But he went a bit haywire, and that became his sole focus. So, Adam, if you can play that. I drink champagne with kings and queens. The politicians praised my name. Those are someone else's dreams, the pitfalls of the man I became. For years and years, I chased their cheers, a crazy speed of always needing more. But when I stop and see you here, I remember who all this was for.
It's quite repetitive, that song, obviously, but I think it really gets. I wanted to see right to the end of that clip where you, he's running. He's running because he's worked out what he's done. He's actually completely forgotten what he even started out, what he was doing. He'd lost the sight. He needed to change his value system back to where he was going in the first place. That's why he started out. His, mor his morals, everything, every thought about it was right. As in Paul. Every thought, he knew the law, he knew everything back then, but he lost sight of it. He, he lost sight of Jesus. He absolutely lost sight. You know, and as you know, as, as most of you know from the life of Paul, he, he used to crucify other people, didn't he? He used to crucify fellow believers. From that point, he believed something different, so God had to radically change him. And I suppose in that case, change is a very good thing. And with you... Again, I love that. I love the image looking back at his family on the wall and he goes, man, I made a, I made a blue, made a blue. But you know what? He didn't just go, I made a blue, wallow in my pity, you know, you know, just grit my teeth. What he did, he actively did something about it and he, and he didn't wait. He did it straight away. So the second point I'd like to share is actively, we need to actively increase our, our intimacy in knowing God. This is in verses, verses 10 and 11. And it says, it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. In order to know somebody, you don't just kind of, as I suppose, meander around and see things from a distance. In, uh, in the first century church, there were these people, people called the Gnostics. Anyone heard of the word Gnostic or Gnosis? Yeah, which means knowledge, right? 
And so in the early church, so they had these Gnostics and they believed it was a higher knowledge, a higher knowledge of no God. And, all. And, that, and, there's, and there's a point that that's the case. We need to read our Bible. We absolutely need to do all those things. But the Gnostics lost their way a little bit from the fact it was just all about knowledge. We can know stuff. I got married about 18 and a half years ago now. And, I, and we'll have a chat later about the other comment just before. Um, I'm sure that's part of marriage, guys. Get used to it. It's all right, Tim. You'll, you'll get through. Um, but it, I, suppose, I suppose I look back on it now, eight and a half years later, and I've said this through a number of times, I don't know if I really knew I loved you, which seems like a real weird thing to say, right? Well, she's my bride. Of course I love her. Uh, so, but it's one of those things. I've only got to know her more and actually know what love is because I've spent time with her. I actually actively know what love is now. And there's a big difference. I love Serena, sure, if you look at it from that. But now I love her. I know her. And that is a very, very, very big part of that. And I'm, I'm on Facebook, so I'm not about to bash it. But um, uh, from that up there, you might see a few of these images. Adam, if you can just go to the... The next one, there's all these social media. Everyone, anyone on social media here? Yeah, there's a few, a few people on social media. Ever seen those images up there? Facebook, Google, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat. There's hundreds of them, as you'll see on the next one. There's literally hundreds of them. I did, yeah, I suppose because of my background, you know, in like account management and, um, and things like that, marketing. I actually, I actually got a bit intrigued as I was actually doing some study for this, and I thought, I'm going to just go. I'm just going to go a little bit further. There's literally thousands of them. There's not hundreds of them. There's thousands of them. And if you go to the next slide, this is just some stats. I'm, a, I'm an account manager, like I said, so I like stats. The number of the internet users in the worldwide at the start of 2018 is four billion people. Four billion people on the internet. That surprised me in a little bit of way, but that's still a lot of people. Saying they reckon there's about 7.2 billion on the earth. But that's up 7%. The number of social media users worldwide is 3.1, which is a lot. That's a big portion of that inter internet, isn't it, are actually on social media. So, but that's up 13% and growing year on year, which is a big number. The number of mobile phone users is 5.135 billion people. That's a huge number. And there's some other stats down there. But they're all up 4 to 5% each year. Can I have the next slide, please? And it's sort of, oh, sorry, the one after that. Um, but it, I, I have nothing wrong. Uh, well, it, I've got no problems with, face, with Facebook, Google. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But one thing that God has... He had, I suppose, really spoken to me about it's sort of if I want to know someone, it's not gonna, it's not by going on Facebook. Okay, it's not by going on Snapchat. You know about them, sure, absolutely. I know about, I know about any number of people. I know about Lance Franklin. You know, I've never met him. You know, you know, you know, Lance is a very good football player and that stuff. I know about Nick Namui because he's on the news every single night because I really know him. I know a lot about him because I've actually looked for him but I don't really know him. How do we actually know him? How do we actually know Jesus? Anyone got any ideas? Sorry? 
absolutely personal relationship. So how do you do that? Reading your Bible. Can I have the next slide, please? Absolutely. Read your Bible. Number one, spend time listening to God through his word, which is an, which is an active passiveness, if you want to be like that. So it's active in the fact that you actually spend the time, but passive about sitting. Everyone wants to have noise these days, don't they? We want noise in the background all the time. You go in an elevator and everyone feels uncomfortable if somehow the noise doesn't work. Yeah? Speak to God. Speak to God. This is a, this is a big thing that I have really struggled with. I went to Bible college um, 25, 26 years ago now. <laughs> it seems a long time ago. And I can honestly say I had a lot of head knowledge when I come out of the end of it. I didn't really know God. I'll be honest, it's, it, it's to my shame, but that's absolute truth. It's easy, it's really, really, really easy to know of someone, but not necessarily know someone. It's an active thing. It's something that's got to happen all the time. And I suppose my question to you is, do you go for the Facebook, do you go for YouTube, do you go for, I suppose, Google, or do you go for your Bible first? So it's been a question that I've been asked by myself. Yeah, I suppose by myself, I've said, as I was preparing this, I think, which one do I go to first? I suppose these days with mobile phones, we've all got Bibles on, my, on our mobile phones and that stuff, and I've been guilty of it. Myself, I've been sitting in church, I have, a, have a, um, something come up, and go, right, that sort of stuff, and you go there. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I suppose, which one do I honour first? Really is another way of saying it. And I suppose, and I suppose, so yeah, it's also to act on God's prompting, right? There's a lot of times, sometimes, it, I suppose. So how do we get to know God? There's a there's a time about oh, probably about eleven or twelve years ago now, where we're going to Thornley, and I really didn't want to go to church on this Sunday night. I really didn't want to go to church on this Sunday night, and Serena, she said, "You need to go." I'm going, okay, I'm going to be a good husband. We're going to go to church. And I was sitting up the back and I was kind of arms folded and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, long story short, is this guy sitting over the corner and as you know what Serena will do, Serena will stalk people, see the new people and go and have a look at people, right? And have a chat because that's her heart. That's very much her heart, which is just a massive gift. That's not as much my, um, my gifting. Because I used to worry about stuttering when I walked up to someone, right? You know, and so this was really, really evident in my life when I was doing this. Anyway, this guy sitting in the corner and he bugged me because I was just sitting there and I could see him there and I could see, I could feel Serena going, go and talk to him, go and talk to him. I'm going, no, I don't want to. So this internal, I don't even know what the speaker was talking about, to be honest. I didn't go to church for that reason. I went to church to actually go and speak to that bloke. His name was Tony. After a long time, we got, you know, yeah, um, like I had a bit of a chat. I don't know where he is now, but I know I needed to go. I know I needed to be active in my faith i know i needed to not just go i'm a christian i need to move out and step out in faith and the other one is join a connect group this is not conscribed by anybody or or anything this this is absolutely serious if i joined this connect group after again i suppose serena's prompting um and i thought no i don't want to go i've run a number of groups over the journey you know, but it's just been such a blessing. 
playing such a blessing. I love going and meeting with these guys. They're just such a huge blessing. And, and the buzz that I get home afterwards is just amazing. You know, that we sometimes we talk about food. Sometimes we talk about all these other things. Oops, sorry, I'm getting into trouble now. Bro. Um, all these other things. But you know what? There's just, there's always one gem that comes away from the night. Just fantastic. These guys are just amazing. You know, especially with Alpha coming up, I would really implore, if you've never been and connected in one of these groups, I'd really implore you to go. I've been, I've, I got really active about 18 months ago and I went on a website and I thought, I really need to help. Yeah, I really need some help with an everyday reading. And I think I mentioned it when I spoke last time. This guy, Nicky Gumble, he, he's Alpha, right? He's the, he's the dude that started it. Again, lawyer, really smart guy. There's this app called Bible in One Year. And if you're struggling, seriously, it's a free app. It's awesome, absolutely awesome. You can do it. You can do it visually by reading it through. You can do it orderly. You know, you can do it both. You can read it and he speaks to you. You know, he, and it just lives. And it's just, honestly, it's revolutionized my life. And I think I've actually sold it to a few other people in here. I don't actually get a spotter's fee, by the way. It's just, it's just really impacted my life that much. And I want you all to share it, you know. So if that's something and you, and you, and you can't find it, speak to me and I'll help you get it. And I suppose with that in mind, so yeah, I suppose point three really is, uh, sorry, is live in the value of knowing God. So it's not just okay to have an intimacy. That's fine, absolutely. But it's what you do with something, isn't it, really? So if you get a gift, if it just sits there, then it means nothing, does it really? It's a nice thing to look up on a wall, but that's it. So it's, it's, about, being, it's about being active. So live in the value of knowing, uh, of knowing God. And again, not that I've already obtained this, or already am perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize, for the upward calling of Christ. I love that. In the fact is, this is so this is so encouraging. It's very very cutting sometimes. It can be really really hard to read sometimes, depending on where you're feeling. But it's meant to be encouraging. Forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Because who feels guilty about what's happened in the past sometimes? Anybody? Yeah. Me too. Me too. I've done a lot of silly things. Done a lot of silly things. Uh, and bad things as well yeah but that whole thing forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead that's that's where I have my absolute solid faith and that's and that's exactly what Paul's trying to say what lies ahead and that is ultimately spending his life eternity with Christ yes we have that right here right now okay so we can live in victory right here, right now, today. If you don't know about that victory, I'm more than happy to speak to you about it. Steve, other people are more than happy to do that as well. Uh, but sort of, Paul, for those people, especially that have been the Christians for a number of years now, it's easy to lose the way, isn't it? Easy to lose your focus. A bit like Mr. Barnum up there. He lost his focus. That was over a number of years. Extremely successful, apparently based on a true story, but just, yeah, I suppose how loosely is that? I don't know. So, it, like that stuff, but I... Yet I suppose, but again, I love the image that once he knew, once he saw that image, he knew he had to do something about it. 
and he got active and then he obviously it, it went it went from there forward uh, so at the book of Philippians again early earlier in the in the book it says as in Philippians 1 18 to 21 as is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death for me to live is Christ and to die is gain I think that's pretty heavy right that's that's really really heavy stuff sort of it I would ask you sort of can you say that tonight or this morning for me to live is Christ but to die is gain very 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 heavy stuff so so yeah I suppose what is Paul um, speaking about in as far as what he's going to attain obviously everyone knows John 3 16 right for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life and that's the price that he's training for there's many other passages in the Bible talk about that but that is that's it in its syntax it's exactly what he's after he's he was put in prison he was shipwrecked he did all these other things there's not too many other people on this planet that could say they had a harder life than Paul and and most of the time he actually chose that as well and yet he says for for me to live is Christ and to die is gain a lot of people say oh please father you know like as far as take me now and that's fine because God has a purpose and a plan for each one of our lives but sometimes it's actually harder to live for God than to die for God you know that because that means we've got to be active about knowing him it's active about living out his life or that he's had for you so to sum it all up God I I don't think you can sum it up any better than this Um, and it's from the book of Mark from the way of the cross Um, Mark 8 34 to 36 the way of the cross then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me for the gospel will save it and the last verse what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul yeah um it's sort of you know like again it's a very very good question to ask from that point so just as 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 we close if the music team could could come up i'm just going to read the passage again but this time in the message and it says the very credentials from verse 7 the very credentials these people are waving around as something special I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for and why because of Christ yes all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ as my master firsthand Everything I once thought I had going for me is significant. It's dog done. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace embrace Christ and be embraced by him. 
I didn't want some petty inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ and God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff that I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering and to go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted it. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I've made it, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself as an expert in all of this. But when, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Yeah. 